Welcome to On Olive Oil, hosted by Curtis Cord, the publisher of Olive Oil Times. Featuring 30-minute discussions with people throughout the world, sharing their unique perspectives on the ever-changing olive oil landscape. This week's guest is International Olive Council Executive Director, Abdeltif Gadira. Now, the IOC is going to be different. It's not going to be a club where producers lay down the rules for consumers. Now, from New York City, here's Curtis Cord. An agricultural engineer, Abdelatif Gadira, was for 23 years at the Tunisian Ministry of Agriculture before leaving his post there to lead the International Olive Council as the executive director of the intergovernmental organization in Madrid that sets the standards for its 18-member countries. From a young age, his winter holidays were devoted to family gatherings during the olive harvest, and he has been passing on to his children his attachment to the olive tree, which he said he considers a symbol of cooperation, patience, and prosperity. Patience would suit him well at the IOC, where his predecessor, Jean-Louis Barjol, was unable to achieve in his tenure many of the things he set out to do, including expanding its membership to major consumer countries. Mr. Gadira joins us today from Madrid. Welcome. Welcome, Mr. Kurt. Thank you very much. Thank you for this presentation. How have your first few months been in your new position there? Okay, thank you. Thank you for this, this opportunity to speak to consumers and producers in the States. You know, for me, America is very important. Firstly, it's the second olive oil consumer of the world. And secondly, it has a lot of expertise in olive growing and it produces very good olive oil. Three months ago, I was chosen to head the IOC to represent the interests of its members which represent over 97% of world production. When I say that tests, I mean standards, promotion, expansion of production, trade, scientific exchange, and information dissemination. But now, the IOC is going to be different. It's not going to be a club where producers lay down the rules for consumers. As you know, the new international agreement seen it last year in Geneva will open the doors to consumers who will we be able to put forward their demands. The new text also places a lot of importance on agriculture, environment, fair trade, fraud control, and protection of consumer rights. Now, to answer your question, my first few months in the job have been focused in analyzing the current difficulties and presenting my priorities to the Council of Members. My ideas for the future direction of the IOC are based on May talks with the member states, with the staff of the Executive Secretariat and the specialist committees. They also, of course, take into account the aspirations of potential members like the States, Japan, Brazil, Austria, China, and other countries. I understand you are no stranger to olive oil, and in fact, it has been part of your life. Do you think this helps you in your current role? You know, my family and professional life has always revolved around the olive tree and olive oil. For me, it's the symbol of life. You know, the best time for an olive oil producer is when he offers his oil to a guest. 
That moment is the culmination of much patience, hard effort working the land, caring for the trees and producing oil that is full of flavor and goodness. This is the true health of olive oil producers and that is what I want to focus on during my time in the IOC. And what is the mood like at the, at the IOC since you've arrived? Okay, I think you should uh, perhaps ask uh, Juliette uh, that question. She's sitting here beside me. It's a good idea. Hello, Juliette. (laughs) Hello. Anyway, I think uh, that at the moment there is a very enthusiastic mode at the Executive Secretariat where I have a very professional team of staff. The Council of Members has also been very respective to the new ideas for the future. But you know, it's like when you make olive oil. To be really enthusiastic, we have to be patient and wait and see the results of our work. Hmm. What are some of the challenges you are confronting there at the same time? For me, the three main challenges are to bring the IOC closer to its member countries and to expand IOC activities to consumer countries and to simplify procedures and update the executive secretary, I think. Yeah, when I met Jean-Louis Barjol some years ago, He said it would be his top priority to get the United States to join the IOC, but he seemed to have made little progress toward that. In fact, this government has repeatedly said it has little interest in doing so. And you told an Olive Oil Times reporter, Elenia Granito, recently that you would like to see consumers lobby their governments to become members. Now, American consumers, as has been shown, know very little about olive oil as it is. What hope is there? that there will be an uprising to force the government to consider its long-held apathy toward this organization and others like it. I think consumption trends say a lot about whether U.S. consumers are aware of the benefits of olive oil. As I said, the States is the second biggest olive oil consumer in the world. It is also the top now IOC import. We believe consumers has the right to have official standards that protect them from fraud and ensure their safety. I think both the government and consumers are aware of this. On the other hand, our standard is a dynamic one and it is always discussed in the chemistry committee where no member countries can participate. At the same time, the IOC closely works with the Codex Alimentarius for olive oil standards harmonization. I'm convinced that the American government will enter considering its position for the application of a unique standard for producers and consumers. To this end, I will go to California in mid-June to discuss all these matters. The promotion of olive oil has always been very fragmented, with each country conducting marketing for its own products. Are there any programs that you are working on that will bring more collaboration for promotional activities? Uh, this is why we have been focusing on promotion in one single country at a time in recent years. Our campaigns last two years after market research confirms that an IOC campaign is worldwide in the target markets. Obviously, we invite our member countries to create synergies between their own national campaigns and the generic IOC campaign. The IOC has lately had very little 
in its budget for promotion. Has that changed? What is the IOC's promotional budget for this year, and what efforts are underway to strengthen that allocation? Uh, exact, our promotion budget will not be any higher for the next three years. Economic conditions make it impossible to increase members' budget contributions. So we allocate, we allocate more or less 5% of our annual budget for promotion campaigns and grants for promotional activities carried out in our member countries. And what is your annual budget? Uh, to, for this year, it's 200,000. Uh, for promotion, 200, I think, 1,000. Uh, uh, the 200. No, 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 less than 200,000. Uh, 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 euros. 200,000 euros. So your total budget is about 10 million euros? Our budget, now we have uh, our budget is, uh, it's, it's six percent of our budget. So uh, we have, yes. You have mentioned that one of your key goals will be the harmonization of olive oil standards and grades around the world. That's an exceedingly difficult task, isn't it? With so many different stakeholders, each with its own idea of what should be the parameters of the various grades. How will you get this done? You know, this is why I want all the countries that produce and consume olive and olive oil to join the IOC or to have recognized laboratories. This is the only way they will be protected by our trade standard. The fact that all the IOC members are obliged to apply the standard is what makes quality control and quality compliance so precarious. You mentioned what the testing of the olive oil sold in shop. I do not think this is feasible because of the sheer volume of retail products. But we do support a voluntary quality control program in important markets where bottles are collected at random for testing to check they comply with IOC standards. American producers have spoken about starting what they say will be an organization to rival the IOC. Have you spoken with these so-called New World producers, and why do you think they would wish to form an alternative? I have not spoken to these New World producers, but uh, it is right on my list. My question are, why would they want to rival the IOC? Uh, who would benefit? Why are two international standards? Why think producers and computers and consumers are different? I think the problem is about communication. This is a problem that even comes up between IOC producers or between producers in the same country. But they always manage to understand each other. The top concern for all of us is to keep consumers satisfied. I plan to speak to American and other new producers to explain that we are no rivals. I understand their concerns, especially about quality control, and I am sure we will find solutions. We see a lot of products that proclaim olive oil as an ingredient, even when there is very little olive oil in them. Products like mayonnaise, uh, spreads, some cosmetics. Is the IOC concerned about such use of the olive oil brand with little to back it up and the resulting customer confusion? I do not see the problem if olive oil really is an ingredient in these products. Obviously, the content has to be conformed with the label. It's just what we demand. Some time ago, your predecessor, Jean-Louis Barjol announced an effort to regulate olive oil competitions. 
Are you continuing with this initiative? Uh, you know, what I want to do is to organize a kind of World Cup for olive oil. My idea is to set up a Mario Solinas-style competition in each country. All the national winners will then compete for the top prize of all. But your Mario Salinas competition has almost no entries from Italy and very little international involvement. Why are Italians shunning the contest? And how do you plan to fix that? You are right. Italy has hardly ever entered a lot of oils for the contests. Uh, Italian producers say it is because the rules are too restrictive about sailing to tanks, using notaries, etc. It is a pity because Italy produces excellent oils. I have to admit that participation in the Mayo Solinas contest can seem a bit imbalanced. That I wa that why I want to set up a World Cup for the best extravision olive oils for all the countries. Good luck with that. Olive oil has no global spokesperson. Do you think it would be helpful to enlist a well-known chef to be the worldwide ambassador for this product to promote, educate, and bring the factions together? And that is a great idea. We could even discuss after a few months. But we have just started another project to get people talking about olive oil. We want uh, uh, World Olive Day to be celebrated around the world on 26th November to make consumers more aware about the benefits of olive oil. We hope the project will have a big impact. On Olive Oil is produced in New York by Olive Oil Times, the world's leading olive oil publication. To listen to past episodes, visit onoliveoil.com.